Cincinnati. to episode 225 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name's Paul Hirons. Welcome along. Uh, I've got to be very frank with you. Full disclosure, this episode might go to complete and utter shite um, at some point during the recording. Um, because I am on holiday, Nathan is on holiday, we're speaking via the wonders of internet technology. I am a little in a little... Fisherman's uh, Cottage in Cornwall, and it's really lovely, as you'd imagine, uh, except uh, the Wi-Fi is really bad, and um, I'm scrunched into the corner of the bedroom, which is the only place in the entire cottage where the Wi-Fi works. <laughs> they don't have a Wi-Fi hub in the cottage. They use next door's Wi-Fi, which is why I have to be scrunched into this corner. And I just moved the desk to to um, uh, to make sure everything was work. You know, to make sure I was in range. I was in optimal Wi-Fi range, which is what I am at the moment. So hopefully this will this will work. And what did I find on the floor as I moved this little? cabinet bedside cabinets into into range two two viagra pills on the floor so <laughs> i don't know what i don't know what the the owners are trying to say um or even what the previous incumbents of this uh this previous inhabitants uh of this uh, cottage got up to you can imagine but they're banging away all night like a like a like a, I don't know, like a broken door in the wind. There is a storm coming tonight, actually, uh, Nathan. I'll have you know, Storm Agnes. Uh, it's going to roll in this evening, so I'm going to sit myself in the pub, I think, and after I record this, and watch the storm come in. Oh, how dramatic! What an opening to this podcast. I know, got nothing to do with football whatsoever, uh, and I apologise. Uh, anyway. You might have guessed Nathan's on the other line. And uh, guess what? Nathan's not in the UK uh, at all, are you? I'm on holiday, but in the UK. Uh, Nathan is away, uh, abroad. So this is really quite remarkable. And uh, Nathan, are you okay? You're, you're coming through loud and clear. I'm coming through loud and clear. Everything's going okay so far? So far, so good, my son. Forza Italia, Forza Cornwall. Let's... Uh... <laughs> We've got a nice bit, a nice bit of, um, nice bit of uh, content for us to break down tonight as well, and good, good mood for us both on holiday, especially. And I've also uh, just seen that there's only one bar of battery left on my uh, podcast recorder, so that's it's everything's going just swimmingly at the moment. Um, where were I about? So are you in Italy, Nathan? I am. I've been in northern Italy. I was in Perugia, um, and now in Parma, and I'm off to Krakow this weekend in Poland. So that's, a little bit of a road trip. That's not Italy. What the hell are you going? Uh, why, why are you going to Krakow? Ah, oh, just meeting two friends. One's okay. flying from Leeds. One's flying from London. So we It was the only place from. I'm flying from Milan. So the only place that realistically we could get to that wasn't blazingly expensive. <laughs> Good for you. Well, have the best time. Um, we're obviously here to talk about uh, some football, and we're going to do that right now. Uh, the Bengals, of course, played Monday Night Football. Before we get to the game, um, I got quite emotional on Monday thinking about the Ring of Honor, and um, you know, I know, I know. That we'll get on to on to Chad in a moment, but I got quite emotional thinking about Boomer and you know what he meant to me and means to me really as a Bengals fan. You know, he was the guy that really um, turned me onto the team and made me a Bengals fan, really. Um, and the more you sort of watched, you know, watch him in his pomp, that sort of four-year period where, especially the Super Bowl year when he became uh, NFL MVP. And that is, he was NFL MVP. That's not, 
That's not mucking about. That's serious business, Nathan. That's a Drew Brees. That's a Peyton Manning. That's a Tom Brady level of excellence, you know. And dare I say it, that's a Ken Anderson level of excellence, you know. He was really good. Like, he was seriously good. For a couple of years, he was, like, you know, up there with one, one of, the, you know, the the best QBs in the game, you know. And that's that's really... I don't know whether that gets remembered enough, Um he was a leader. He had real uh, swagger, as people like to call it. He was a superstar, you know. He had kind of everything, really. And he was uh, the focal point of Sam Weish's no-huddle offence. So Boomer was often calling plays at the line. Um, he was smart. He was uh, he was great. And I got emotional thinking about it uh, and him yesterday. So it was a treat to see him at Paycor. Um last night you want to talk about chad because of course every generation has a superstar and uh your generation i guess that's fair to say nathan it was chad and carson wasn't it yeah absolutely and you can't overstate just how much chad um during that time really put the bengals on the map you know he was such a superstar of the game top three four wide receiver at the time you know arguably the best route runner um the nfl scene really at receiver just such Quick, dynamic feet, um, incredibly flexible, great hands, and just someone that you'd love having on the team from a pure entertainment perspective. You know, he was one of the first people back in the day that would do live streams on the internet when the internet was sort of in its real infancy. Um, I remember watching him, I think it was on Twitter or something he used to stream um, from back in the day, just him sort of hanging out, eating crisps, just talking, you know, talking shit. But it, back then, no one did that. It wasn't a really a known thing. And he was always just such a fantastic entertainer and better player. And he fully deserves it. You know, I'm, I think he's starting to do a bit more in the media now, which is great. Um, yeah, great guy. And just very happy for him and well-deserved, ultimately. And he bought with him. Did you see his entourage? entourage. (laughs) TJ was there, fair enough. Together they were a dynamic duo on the field. Uh, T.O., Terrell Owens, the the T.O. and Ocho show were back together for one night only. So Terrell Owens, who the Hall of Fame wide receiver, who played for Cincinnati just for a season. It didn't go particularly well, but it was kind of... Was it fun? I think it was fun, sort of. Fun, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, Mar- your boy Marvin was there on the sideline, and I think I think from what you hear from journalists, that might be the first time he he's been back since he um, since he left the club, really. So it was great to see all those guys. So he was trying to pick up the pieces. If it went zero and three, you would have stepped in and you know steered <laughs> the Bengals to the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know about that, but uh, it was just great to see him uh, there. It must have been weird for him, but may- maybe he needed that distance. Maybe he needed the couple of years to to kind of put some distance between, you know, his time. Because he was there for 16 seasons, 16 years. That's mental, isn't it? And um, And he did a good job. And so I would imagine that having a few years away from the city and away from uh, the club and the stadium probably probably did it did him uh probably was a good thing i think but it was great to see him back last night so um uh, congratulations to boomer congratulations to chad got some lovely messages um yesterday about boomer you know some of our our guys kind of saying that you know when they they were when they were chucking a ball around when they were a kid in in British back gardens and backyards, they pretended to be Boomer. It was Boomer who they wanted it to be, wanted to be, and I'm absolutely certain that for for your generation growing up, Nathan, it was Chad. You know, kind of making the spectacular catches in the backyard and you know doing something outrageous, doing a little dance or something like that. You know, so two genuine greats, I think. Two guys with Hall of Fame credentials. I think Chad probably a bit more from Bo- than Boomer. But, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you do not sniff at a player who who was voted as the NFL MVP. You know, that's that's no. that's a crazy. That's that's oh, I went a bit Italian. That, that's a crazy. Nathan. <laughs> no, I couldn't agree more with you, man. I mean, there's only one every year, isn't there? There's only so many years the NFL's been going. So being a club like that is incredible. It's something I've never seen from a Bengals player in my lifetime. Um, and it's not obvious when you will. I mean, as good as Joe Burrow is and, you know, Jamar Chase, people like that, to win the 
NFL MVP, I mean, it takes some fairly serious doing, doesn't it? Even just getting as an all-pro, you rarely see many Bengals players getting in there as all-pros, let alone being the MVP for the league. So you, you're exactly right. You can't, um, you can't overstate that enough. Exactly. So congratulations, Boomer. Congratulations, Chad. Uh, the discussion, no doubt, will start. Uh, might, might even boost Chad's Hall of Fame uh, chances. You know, he's 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 there in the. I think he'd be just short. You know. Yeah. I no, I pro- I think I agree with you, but he's in the long list for next year as well. So, you know, perhaps this Ring of Honor induction might give him a little bump. Who knows? But yeah, I think it will. And he's doing he's doing more in the media at the moment, which is interesting. He was doing something with Shannon Sharp the other day. There were quite a lot of people watching it, and like you said, and then you can't state that enough. The, the fact that the Bengals have done this Ring of Honor thing has done them, you know, no end of good for the publicity and you know, really putting players on, you know, out there again rather than just their careers, you know, not being forgotten. That's not the right way, way to say it, but certainly not necessarily being honoured and, um, you know, sort of really um, given the spotlight to that they deserve. So it's a really nice thing, you know. I'm sure the crowd of the uh, pay call last night absolutely loved it. It was loud, and you know what, and uh, what a thing to have happen and see those two players get inducted. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Shall we talk some football then? Absolutely. The Cincinnati Bengals 19, the Los Angeles Rams 16. Uh, last time we played the Rams, obviously, was that uh, small game that no one really watched, did they? A couple of years ago. Uh, but this time we, we got it over them. We had uh, we managed to squeeze out the win. Um, I mean, that win was needed, really, Nathan, wasn't it? That win was needed, man. Yes. Just massive. And where I'm going to start with this is where this game starts is whether you play Joe Burrow or not. And everyone, I think, had a different opinion on it. A lot of people thought the best thing was to put him on IR, try and get him healthy, you know, do what you can and then, um, you know, get yourself the bye week, potentially get him back and then have a shot at it. There was quarterbacks, Cummings, Goings, AJ McCarron, Will Greer's gone, then Jake Brown in, then you got... Um, Reed Sinnott as well. So there was a lot of speculation that Burrow wouldn't play in this game. I didn't think he would, but thought he should. I just felt we couldn't lose this game against the Rams. I think you go 0-3 and the dejection in the locker room at 0-3 is very, very um, tough. And, you know, a week's rest, realistically, does that give him enough time? You know, five, six days, does that make all the difference that he's going to be that much better, you know, in the next game we've got coming up? So I think it was a risk. You know, you don't want to be rolling your franchise quarterback out there where he's not 100%, a guy that you've just paid a quarter of a billion dollars to. But, you know, that is why quarter he gets paid of a big a, you mean a quarter of a billion? Quarter of, yeah, I think you'd be a bit cheesed off of a quarter of a million. Um, <laughs> quarter of a billion dollars. Uh, but yeah, that, that's why you pay a guy like that. You pay him for the toughness. You pay him for his availability. You pay him to go out there in a difficult situation against a good team, you know, a good defence, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, all the rest of them, and put up a big performance under the spotlight on Monday Night Football. And uh, he wasn't great, you know, don't get me wrong. He wasn't anywhere near the Joe Burrow that we know, but he did enough and the team around him did enough. And it was a gritty bit of a shitty win, but you've got to get wins like that. And I think that's really going to give the guys a lot of confidence um, to spring on from that. And it didn't look like he aggravated the injury too much. He seemed to move okay. So I'm glad the Bengals did that because I think if you go in there with Jake Brown and you don't win that game, it was tight enough as it was. Um, you know, the defence played their absolute heart out. I don't know, we'll talk about that. But I'm glad the Bengals went with Joe Boy and, you know, let him cook-ish. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> he, cooked, I, he cooked a microwave dinner that did the job. That's right, yeah. It was it was a microwave dinner job last night, wasn't it? Um, I, I full of admiration for Burrow, obviously not nowhere near 100% fit, but he gutsed it out, he gritted his teeth, he got on with the job. Um. And I didn't think he looked awful. Obviously, the play calling, you know, it restricts the game plan and the play calling a little bit if your quarterback can't roll out of the pocket or kind of manoeuvre. Um, so, you know, there were lots of check downs again. You know, it was kind of little 
you know, this the guy. I mean, the guy threw forty nine times last night for a. Oh, guy, I know, I know. For a bloke who's got a, a knackered leg, um, that's quite a lot. But um, Zach explained afterwards that a lot of those, you know, Joe Boy himself checked out of, checked out the RPOs, you know, and kind of audibled and and kind of went for the short passes, moved the chains that way. Um, and especially because you kind of expect if you've got a, a quarterback that's not firing on all, all cylinders. I said it last week. You expect to sort of really lean on the run game, and Mixon's running really hard and really quite well at the moment. Even though, you know, um, sixty-five yards last night, only three point four yards of carry, but they were effective yards, and he scored he, a he good touchdown. He, he, he ran much better than his stats would tell the story. Mixon, there was a couple right at the end where they sort of the Rams snuffed him for a loss for a couple of times, but I thought he re- he's played really well this season so far. I think he's really. You know, running with a lot of you know a lot of speed and aggression, hitting the right gaps. You know, he, the touchdown last night was desperately needed. Good bit of um, vision and breakaway speed. So I think, like you said, I think the stats don't tell the story there. I thought he was actually very, very good last night. Yeah, uh, but go, I know I agree. I agree. Uh, going back to and uh, Travion Williams, um, perhaps didn't run it, but he picked up a blitz. Uh, really well i know it was just one player but it's kind of crucial because they managed to get the ball down there was second half and travion picked up that blitz uh really well um but yeah going back to burrow i i think this is going to be like a week to week thing i mean next week against the titans there's going to be all the speculation whether he's going to be ready it is of course a shorter week uh this week um because you know quite obviously yesterday was a monday night game next week's game is a sunday um, so he's got a shorter time to recover, and this is going to be have to you know really managed well because again he's not firing on all cylinders, um, and you can tell just the little things. I think the velocity on some of the the passes just aren't quite there. The accuracy yep. and the timing isn't quite there. But then you know, he'll come out in the second half and then start really slinging it around a little bit, especially to Jamar Chase, who had a terrific game last night. Um, You know, 12 for 141 yards. So, you know, Jamar Chase kind of took over that game, especially in the early part of the second half. Um, And Joe Boy looked pretty good um, in the pocket. He was being given time. I know that there are a few pre-snap issues in terms of penalties, and I'm I'm sure that will get worked out uh, as time goes by. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought he was, uh, I thought he was he was good. Joe Burrow actually he did play badly. The interception that he threw was just a fantastic play by the defensive back, just to snatch it out of uh, Tyler Boyd's hands. But yeah, it's almost like they're kind of. Look, let's just see how this first half goes. We'll take it easy. We'll check it down. We'll play quite conservatives, conservatively. See how we go. Rely on the defense to keep us in it. And then the second half, we'll get a bit more expansive and see how we go with that. So it is managing it in, in levels and steps. And, you know, as I say, this is going to be like a week-to-week thing every week, potentially. No, I agree with you. I, I think it's one of those things where perspective plays a big part in this as well. Because I think if you, if the Rams had you know nailed a deep ball at some point in that game and chalked up seven points, and our defense hadn't um, been able to stop them once off, and you lose that game and you score nineteen points, you probably tell a completely different story of the Bengals' offense last night. And you, we naturally, because it's entertaining and because you got the, you know, the what you quote quote would call superstars in Chase, Burrow, Higgins, Mixon. You talk about that side of the game more. The reality what is, I don't think it was great at all. I think it was a bit scrappy, but they did it just about enough when it mattered mm-hmm. against a pretty good defense. In all fairness, but I agree with you. I think it's going to be interesting how you manage it, but. The one thing I think that's very, very positive is we got the win and the next three teams we play are three of the weaker defences that you will play in the NFL. You know, the Titans are certainly not known for it and the same with the Cardinals. So you you can sort of get a little bit of momentum there, I think, against some slightly weaker teams you've got a bit more time to you know plan knowing joe burrow's situation now in terms of you know potentially the lack of you know mobility and things like that so 
you hope it improves. You hope as the weeks go by, he improves physically um, and it allows his mobility to get up there. He'll also be dusting the cobwebs off after not much of a preseason, you know, two pretty bad performances. That was better last night. You could tell he was just starting to gel a bit more, especially with Jamar Chase. I thought he got let down a bit by T Higgins, quite a few drops there on the night. And, you know, I think some of his, you know, he's obviously playing without his tight end with Irv Smith Jr., um, you know, getting injured. Or other, and yeah, this- Tanner... Tanner Hudson did okay last night, and I'd... yeah, I, I, it's not an ideal scenario that because I think this is the problem that a lot of fans had in the off season. Is you go and get Irv Smith, who on paper had a potentially higher ceiling, potentially higher ceiling than Hayden Hurst, but obviously availability was the biggest, you know, question mark. And I don't know how long this injury is supposed to be, but you know, I agree. With you. Mitch Wilcox, Tanner Hudson, Drew Sample, you know, they're they're not bad players, but they're not you know, perhaps at the level you'd want them to be for a team that's really got high ambitions. So, no. you know, fair play to Burrow last night. I think he did what he could. And, you know, I, I, he you'd hope with him that he'll only get better. You know, last night was his best performance of the season. It wasn't a great performance at all. But if he starts to just get that timing back and the rhythm and he starts to feel more comfortable with what he's got, the line, I think, for the most part, did a pretty good job last night. You know, there a few sacks, obviously, but you're playing Aaron Donald. You kind of expect that there's going to be... Um, you know, some disruption there. So I think overall it was it was all right. Um, you'd want to see it prove, and I think you, uh, improve, and I think you will do against the Titans and the Cardinals. And, you know, if we can get a win or two out of those two games, you start to really feel like the train is well and truly back on the tracks. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's all you can ask for, really, as you, as you mentioned, Burrow. And I think you have to uh, – actually, you have to be patient during the games. I think we do as fans um, – you have to almost kind of just see the games as chapters in a story, really, and and they develop as the the game goes on and, and adjustments are made and Burrow starts to find his feet a little bit, no pun intended. Um, I think we do, as fans, have to be patient during games. A lot of stuff I was reading last night was like, you know, hold on a minute, this is this is a team that got to the... AFC Championship game twice in a row and still got the same players with it. You know, we're not a bad team all of a sudden because yep. we look a bit ropey. It is all to do with Joe Boy's leg. And, you know, if they can find a way just to manage it and see through games, I mean, it's not going to be comfortable for us as fans throughout the season because this is what these games are going to be like. They're going to be... I think the thing is, the key thing is that the the the, the team plays complimentary football and they did that last night the defense stepped up and we'll get onto them in a little bit um he got good enough pass protection uh chase stepped up you know i've been really impressed with charlie jones as punt returner yeah. actually yeah he looks electric yeah. and ready to bust one pretty much every time he touches the ball so he's a threat Absolutely. you know all these things have got to come together one thing that needs to be i have to say is Brad Robbins. He's having a bit of a shocker um, to, to begin his NFL career. Uh, we'll talk about him a bit later. But, yeah, complimentary football is needed. Uh, the, you know, the defence cannot afford, unfortunately, um, to take a, a week off because they're needed. They need to keep the team in games and hope yep. that Joe Boy can do enough to to you know, to edge things. So anyway, let's talk about the defence. What do you want to say about, about the defence? Um, what I'll say oh. is is this. Um, six sacks, two interceptions, and only one touchdown allowed. Um, that's pretty good going. I mean, all your boy, all your big lads on the, in the defensive line notched a sack. Hendrickson looked like he was going to burst through every opportunity. He was an absolute menace last night. Dax Hill, I think we've got a player there. Bloody hell. Um, so, yeah, defence, again, fantastic last night. Just just incredible. And I think you summed it up perfectly a minute ago when you said, um, you know, that they need to just keep going at the moment and hope that Joe Burrow can do enough because that's what they did last night. You know, that was a fantastic performance to limit the Rams to that um, throughout the game. The turnovers were critical and the Rams offense is good. You know, they've got some really good players. That Puka and Kua looks incredible. Um, you know, they've got a pretty... Yeah, I like Tutu. I do like Tutu. I think he looks quite dangerous. Electric, yeah. 
And it, it's not. And Matt Stafford's been around the league a long time. He's a very good player. Obviously, their offensive line's a little bit, a little bit shaky as as we saw last night. But you know, Tyler Higby's a good tight end. They're they're a good player. Fairly good team. Obviously, Sean McVay's coach is, you know, his record speaks for itself. So that's a very very good win for the defence to have sort of architected really there because we, we desperately just needed some more pressure on the quarterback. I think that's the one criticism of the defence that you probably have over the last sort of season and a half is that sometimes they don't get um, enough sacks they're, but they're forcing turnovers each week. You know, some of them were critical some really good plays as well, not just like dolly ups into someone's arms Some really good catch from Logan Wilson for one of his interceptions. That was an exceptional play and then as you said son, Dax Hill like what a you know, incredible game he he had not only just you know the sacks, but he got in there a few times and snuffed um, you know snuffed the run. I thought he just had a brilliant game and the sort of game that you really want to see from a young player that's been thrown into the starting role. You know, just a real coming of age game for him to show what he's got, show why he was a first round pick out of Michigan. And I was really delighted for him. Um, DJ Reader getting in there for a sack as well. You don't oh, see no, that no. too often. Go on, DJ. Go on, son. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, electric, and hats off to Luana Rumu again. You know, he he's only strengthening his case for a head coaching role with performances like that because that is that is on the defense that win. You know, you can there were some good performances on offense with like Jamar Chase, etc. But you know, the, the Bengals lose that game if the defense is a bit shaky and you know gives up a few cheap plays downfield. You know, they they were just a stellar unit last night. They did a very very good job. Yeah, I agree. I love. Uh, I've always loved Dax Hill's closing speed, but you know that sat, uh, that tackle for loss that he got. Oh yeah, uh, like someone shot him out. It looked as though someone shot him out of a cannon. It was just yeah. like, wash there he is, bang, Biff. Have a bit of that. How's your father? Um, what a picture and all that kind of stuff. Uh, brilliant, uh, brilliant to see that he's he's settling. Mike Hilton, I thought played much better last night. Um, few. I've mean, seen. Cheeto beaten a few times in the last couple of he's obviously yeah. a great player but there's something to watch there um, DJ Turner involved and I saw Miles Murphy also involved and Joseph Asai causing a few problems as well um, so yeah a great defensive effort hats off to Lou for um, engineering more pressure and as I say they looked in very disruptive move, mood uh, last night so hats off um, right, shall we get to our uh, cor before the battery runs out? And the shall I take this Viagra tablet or not? Shall I do that? Depends <laughs> how you're feeling, son. Well, We've got planned at the pub tonight. Well, I'm going to go down the pub, but I don't want to wa walk around Port Isaac with a rod on for a couple of hours. That's going to be bad, <laughs> I think. Um, maybe I'll just leave it there for now. Um, right, anyway, let's get to, get to your correspondence. Salamander. Here we go then. So, uh, Jamie at Trequart Beaster. Um, lovely to be back to winning ways. The offense wasn't anywhere near 100%, but eventually we got into a spot where we got the ball moving enough. Trey Hendrickson had their tackle on skates. Bit disappointing to hear some booing. We might need a new punter. I'll go straight to Von Blade at Von... Uh, VB at Von Blade. Solid we looked much more in sync, even if we didn't light up the scoreboard. Got away with their first drive and Logan's first interception. Otherwise, very solid. Dax is real. Punter definitely is not so bad. Uh, just glad Joe escaped without injury. Um, so it's it's bad Robbins, not Brad Robbins at the moment, unfortunately. Um, what, what, any thoughts on him? Is it just a situation to watch? Are you going to trust... Darren to kind of whip him into shape. I think you have to, don't you? you? He's only a rookie, and you took a decent pick on him in the draft. It's not like he's an undrafted guy, and you can just sort of give up on him too quick. You kind of got a bit of draft capital in there that you kind of, out of a pride standpoint, in some ways, almost want to sort of trust your scouting process, trust the the ceiling that he's got. You know, we gave up far too soon on Jake Elliott in the preseason, and he's ended up having a fantastic career, one of the best kickers in the NFL. So, I think you have to give Brad. Rock Time. He had a good punt last night where he pinned him in deep and uh, Williams tried to return it. He didn't get much out of that. It, it's, it's sometimes a difficult one to judge 
with punts in terms of you know what the strategy is behind where he's taken him. But he has obviously shanked a couple. His his length is the issue. You know he's just not able to sort of perhaps boom him downfield when you need to sort of um, change field position. But it's three games in. I think it, you've got to just monitor it. You know, there's not going to be any premier punters out there on the street that are going to come in and be drastically better at this stage, I think. So I think we... you try and ride the young guy a bit longer. Give him certainly until the bye week and, you know, get behind the young lad. You know, I think there's a lot of people already sort of like, you know, not, not hating on him, but giving him a bit of stick and stuff. And he's a young lad. He's, he's like a nice geezer. I think you just got to try and get behind him. He, he's certainly not costing us any games at the moment, you know. So, yeah, yeah. yeah that, give him a Chance, I think Drew Chrisman beyond standby, <laughs> perhaps Kev Huber come out of retirement. Maybe outrageous, outrageous suggestion. I've just seen a chart where poor old Brad is uh, is number 32 in the league at the moment, so he's having a tough start to his NFL career. The literally, uh, Brad, it's uh, the only way is up for him, so let's hope he improves. Darren gets into him and uh, he makes those uh. Those adjustments. Right, uh, unpronounceable symbol at MJ Stewart. Um, and Jason says, oh, it is, it's a, literally a symbol. I don't even know what it is. He's always had this symbol as Jason, and I don't know what, I don't know how you even describe it. Um, anyway. Uh, anyway, yes, um, Jason says, optimism says it feels like a tide turned. Defence kept us in the game until the offence and kicking found their rhythm like a switch was flipped on. And I did note that Evan McPherson got a game ball yesterday for his four out of five field goals. Um, so, yeah, Evan looking good, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, with Evan, you give him such high standards. When he missed that first one, I know it was from 56, but you sort of sigh anything, oh, that's going to give them good field position. But he really came back into it. Obviously, one of them was post aided um, a bit closer than you perhaps like but yeah I mean it was pretty good conditions I think in Cincinnati last night um, you 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 want him to make those he's one of the best kickers I think in the NFL he's dead. He, I thought he was a little bit off last year and I could coming into this year I thought it was just something to monitor but no, not by any means that he's under threat but just like when you look around at people like your Justin Tuckers and some of the other elite kickers, you sort of just expect, you know, almost unrealistic standards. But yeah, four out of five on paper from distance as well. One of the game is points. You have to take your hat off to him because if he misses a couple of those, and you lose. The season looks very different from here on out. So certainly played his part. Matty at Matt Stubby King. Um, defence were imperious. Logan Wilson, Trey, and especially I thought Dax Hill and Mike Hilton were all tremendous. O-line solid once again. Burrow uncharacteristically inaccurate at times. Definitely wasn't 100%, but clear signs of progress which were much needed. Um, hear, hear, Matt. Um, Ol at Duke of Panache. Solid handle. Nothing can gird my loins like defence, and last night I was suitably girdled. Uh, if by hook or by crook they can get to five and five, then kick on. I'm happy with that. Well, let's just have a look at the old uh, fixture ruse, shall we? So next week, uh, uh, well, what this, the end of this week, I should say, uh, recording this on Tuesday, 26th of September. But on October the 1st, the Bengals travelled down to Tennessee, um, to Nashville, more specifically to play the Titans... Um, Titans, of course, um, they are currently, what are they, one and two, just like Cincinnati. Uh, they open up as favourites, well, even though we've had their after, number. It, you got to think it's a bit of a grudge game, that, after Ted Karras told them all to F off. So <laughs> I know, right? uh, and Joe Boy, yeah, Joe Boy with his gammy, gammy leg will have Jeffrey Simmons uh, breathing down his neck. So that's... Uh, uh, so, so yes, the Titans, and then they travel again to the Cardinals, and the Cardinals uh, tipped to be rubbish uh, are also um, well, they're buoyed a little bit because um, they they beat the they're one and two as well, and they beat the bloody Cowboys, which was hilarious from my standpoint because you know what I feel about the Cowboys, um, and then. The week before the bye, 
they're at home to the Seahawks, will be, which will be a tough test, a similar one. So, you know, I mean, if all goes to plan, they could go into the bye, you know, like five and two, which... Oh, you're getting out of yourself now. Sorry, that's wrong. They could go into the bye... Hold on. So they're one and two now. If they win the next three, they'll be yeah. So they could go into the bye four and two. Well, I mean, it would be a dream, but I, more than anything, you've got to go two and one. I think if you got in at three and three, I think that'd be pretty decent, all things considered. You know, to build from there down the stretch. But yeah, you've got to try and win two minimum, haven't you? Out of the next three. You'd say they can, but the Cardinals are sneaky as well. I would watch out for them. They're, they're, uh, Josh Dobbs is he quite, you know, he can move around a bit. He's he's not Lamar Jackson, but he, you know, he can give the Bengals a bit of problems when you've got a guy like that skirting about. They've got some good talent, but and like I said, away in Tennessee, I mean, people sort of writing the Titans off. You still got Def, uh, Derek Henry, like you said, Jeffrey oh, Simmons, yeah, yeah. And DeAndre Hopkins, they're, they're of course. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, the Titans are going to be like I said, they will have a bit of a chip on their shoulder about the whole. Ted Karras thing, you know, the, the AFC, um, you know, the playoff game we beat him in the year before. So, yeah, they'll be very well remembered for that. So that's going to be, yeah. that'll be a, yeah, a prickly game, I think. And the Seahawks won't be any pushovers. They're pretty, they're a pretty good team, you know. They're not bad. And then, of course, after the bye, you've only got the 49ers, Bills, uh, Texans, Ravens away. Then it's the Steelers, the uh, Jaguars. The Colts, who obviously beat the Ravens. The Vikings, who are having a bit of a poor start as well to the season. Steelers, Chiefs, I mean, and the Browns to finish up with. There's not many easy games in there, mate. There's oh, not many easy games there at all. There really isn't, is there? Anyway, back to your correspondences. Sean at Shawnee 01. Rotten for two and a half games of football and only a game behind the Chiefs, Bills, Ravens and Browns can't complain about that and he's absolutely right you know it's still yeah, yeah you know things are starting to even out a little bit um yeah we'll see life changes at bud is king of beer um solid handle but i would i would disagree with that though bud, oh yeah it's not bud, the king, bud, the king bud, of beers he's, he's having a giraffe isn't he you're not a fan of bud i don't, I don't it's like wow it's like well, it's like piss. It's no... I don't know. No, I don't. It's all right, you know, but it's... That's our, that's our contract with Bud out the window. That we <laughs> I know that. Sorry, I, I didn't realise you'd uh, approach them for a sponsorship deal, but... Um... <laughs> OK, a live changer says, I'm feeling good about the team. Our defence showed out. Offensive line has looked good the last two weeks now. We just need the offence as a whole to get it going and run the ball more to have more of a balanced attack, which in turn will take pressure of an injured burrow well you'd think so life changes um but then burrow checks out of lots of rpos and throws the ball 49 times last night you know so i agree with the sentiment i think it's a good approach but you know uh bb at blue bengals five um, solid handle Offense still a concern while Burrow heals. That scheme worked today, but we'll all get found out quite quickly if that continues. Defensively great, and we'll have to lean on them massively up until bye week. He's right. I mean, again, they are kind of playing offense offensively quite in a quite a restricted kind of way, and that's and that's partly the reason why that. Um, that uh, big chunk play, that forty-yard yard pass down to to Chase, was uh, why it worked because the Rams just didn't expect Burrow to roll out because he couldn't and he hadn't been, so they really bought on that fake to Chase Brown, and of course Burrow did roll out and did find Jamar down the field. So he's right, but I I don't know. I thought Zach called a really good game in the second half. Some really nicely designed plays. So I would expect a bit of mixing and matching over the past over the next couple of weeks, but we'll see. Uh finally, Pat Mibollocks at Pat Mibollocks. Um I've seen a lot of shade thrown at the offense today, but I think some of it is harsh as the green shoots are definitely beginning to show. The D was outstanding, though, and the O-line continues to look decent. Delighted. 
Well, I'm glad you are, Scott. Yeah. I think we we all are really, and relieved more than anything. I think that, that's the overriding emotion. It's it's relief. It's the well feeling is is relief because I think you know if we'd have gone zero and three, I'm not saying we wouldn't have made the playoffs, but it, you know we'd have to really go <laughs> the long way around. Uh, uh, we are. Uh, it's it's you know. 0-2 is, is bad enough, but 0-3 just feels like, you know, and that and that's how and that's how teams can fall off a cliff early doors, you know, if if there are injuries to key players and then there's confidence issues and so on and so forth. So yeah, relief all round, Nathan, I think. I agree. And the interesting thing, if you look around the league, isn't it? It's a very good point that I think Sean said in his correspondence that there's a lot of teams at two and one, one and two, and I don't think, apart from the Dolphins, who have looked like an absolute juggernaut um, for the first three games. What do you think about that? What do you think up. about that Dolphins thing? Now, now, obviously, you know the Bengals have been in this position when we beat the Houston Oilers back in '89, I think it was '69-three or something like that, and you know that was fair enough because Sam White uh, hated Jerry Glanville. And um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go in and Google I do, uh, Sam White's Jerry Glanville. There's some fantastic uh, YouTube stuff on there. 69-3, the Bengal. And Sam White didn't want to stop throttling him because he hated the geezer. And Jerry Glanville, if you don't know, is this or was, well, he's still alive, but uh, back in his NFL days, he was this very flamboyant head coach. He was kind of a little bit arrogant. He was slightly mad. Um, I think if you supported the team that he was head coach of, you would love him. But everyone else in the league hated him. Uh, Houston were a really fun team to watch. They had Warren Moon and Trio, fantastic receivers. You know, offensively, they were great fun to watch. And yet the Bengals more or less kind of slapped them down whenever they came to, to Riverfront. And, uh, yeah, Sam White hated Jerry Glanville. They really talk trash. And you kind of miss that between head coaches, actually, these days. But, obviously, mm. I wanted to reference that because, the Beng you know, there was a reason why the Bengals just kind of kept on going and wanted to smash them into 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 space, into smithereens, really. Um, um, but the, the people having a go at Mike McDaniel saying they, you know, it's disrespectful. What's your rolling up seventy points against the Broncos? I don't particularly like the Broncos, so I don't have a problem with it. Um, so, I mean, what do you? I mean, I, I don't know. What do you think? Is it I, disrespectful? I I don't have a problem with you. The only thing that I think you could potentially consider in situations like that is there being some sort of like white flag thrown by, you know, the opposition coach just purely on the basis of player safety. You know, if you've got a team that's up by 45, 50 points and you've got guys, you know, risking concussions, torn MCLs, ACLs, I think almost there should be a solution where someone can say, look, actually, we're just going to call it quits here and throw the towel in. But, what does that do for the fans that are paid money to come and see it? What does it do for the television networks? It probably wouldn't be a realistic solution, but I haven't got a problem with it. If you got to prepare for it, you? If, if the team's putting 50, 60 up and you can't stop them, why not let them put 70 up? I, I don't have a problem with it at all. I don't think there's disrespect with something like that. I think if you're showboating and getting really silly with it, then it probably doesn't look very good. But if you're, you know, you're just scoring touchdowns because you're playing well and you, you know, you, you, the other team can't stop you, then that's, you know, unfortunately on them, isn't it? And I think Sean Payton now is a bit of a hot mess over there, isn't he? Because he got a bit cocky before the start of the season, calling out Nathaniel Hackett. Um, and all of a sudden now he's looking like he's doing nearly as bad, if not a worse job. So, yeah, it's unsurprising really because I thought the Broncos would be good last year. I thought they'd be very good this year and they, they really do look like a hot mess at the moment. But, yeah, going back to my original point just around the teams um, in the AFC, it's going to be competitive. There might be a lot of teams that win and lose a few games that you know aren't necessarily going eight and one and nine and two and things like that. There might be quite a few teams in there that are sort of you know eight and four and you know sort of only a couple of wins here and there. It could be very very competitive, and yeah, I'm intrigued to see how it how it pans out. Yeah, it's uh, all levelling out, things sort of settling down a little bit. Miami still, I think, you know, the team to beat, you know, well, not the team to beat, but they certainly started off the the season in the most impressive fashion, I think. Um, and you're getting some rookies making some 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 performances, you know, Devin O'Shane 
<clears throat> excuse me, t over 200 yards against the Broncos and like four touchdowns. That's ridiculous. Tank Dell for Houston doing the business, you know. So it's good to see these rookies that we all took notice of and, and perhaps drafted in our mock drafts doing so well. And yeah, the, the season's starting to, to kind of settle down a bit now, isn't it? Three games in. Um, yeah, a bit of a crucial stretch. Actually, do you know what? I'm not going to say that because I feel as with Joe Boy's injury, I feel every stretch of the season is going to be pretty crucial. But if they can go into the bye with a winning record, I think they would sit back and say, yeah, we'll take that. That's that's pretty good going. And then they can attack that, you know, difficult, you know, kind of mid to late season a sequence of games, your 49ers, your Bills, your Ravens away, Steelers twice, Browns at home, Chiefs Jeez. away, you know. So it's exciting. Um, and, of course, you get to the bye and you you just say to Joe Boy, just do not, just go, just go home and play, play video games for a week. Don't even do anything. Just rest, rest up, yeah. really. Um so yeah, uh, relieved that we've got the win. Uh, we are working towards a meetup in October, all being well. So we'll keep you in touch with that. Obviously, you can get in touch with us uh, at Hooday underscore UK on Twitter, Bengals UK on Facebook, uh, Bengals underscore UK on Instagram. So come and say hello. Uh, we'll be like you. We'll be on the edge of our seats for the rest of the week to find out. Uh, how Joe's leg is and whether we can go in uh, in Tennessee. One thing we haven't mentioned, actually, is the return of AJ McCarron. And um, what do you think? Yeah, felt fine. He's, he's, he, I'd be surprised if we ever saw him. I think Browning will be their guy if, if we need him. If, if Browning, Browning goes down, it'll be Reed's Tinnit versus McCarron, which is quite a quite a strange thought. I always liked AJ McCarron. He always handled himself really well. He came across a nice guy. I saw him actually start and win a game for the Bengals in San Francisco um, all, all those years ago now, which it seems. Um, but I'm happy with that. It's quite a weird sort of throwback really because obviously yeah, he's got no history whatsoever with Zach Taylor so it must be the front office very much thinking oh he was a top geezer you know let's bring him in he knows well, he the organisation he did play well in the XFL though he, he yeah, did a yeah, nice yeah. job yeah, no, I think it's really nice. Uh, he 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 was really positive. AJ McCarron in his um, in the media appearances, saying his family's always wanted to come back to finish his career at Cincinnati. And you know, I I hope he doesn't see the field like with the greatest respect possible. But um, yeah, it's cool to have him on there and see him in a Bengal shirt again. And fair fair play to the geezer. Yeah, I I never thought he was brilliant. I thought he was a you know an average quarterback, if I'm being quite honest. But you, you he was a really nice bloke, and I think like a lot of people, I listened to him on uh, with Paul um, on here that podcast growling last week. And it, again, it's like yeah, yeah, AJ's still a good guy, you know, a really nice bloke, and you wish him well. And if he wants to come and retire as a Bengal like AJ Green did, then that's fair enough. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. But um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't know, because of his experience, because of his recent, uh, you know, game season-winning kind of um, experiences in the F in F XFL, rather, sorry, um, does that put him ahead of Sinnott and, um, and even, you know, challenging Browning, do you think? I'd prefer to see him over Sinnott. I think I prefer Browning over McCarron, though. I just think Browning's the younger player. He's got... Um, I think he's got more upside. I, I, I'm, I've got to trust the coaches on this. I, I'd like, I, I don't want to see Jake Brown again, but I, I think if we had to see one of them, it'd be Brownie. He'll know the, the offense much better and have the chemistry with the, with the players as well more than McCarron will. You know, and McCarron won't be familiar with anyone um, on the current offense, but. The thing with AJ McCarron, he's he's a winner. He, you know, he was you forget how incredible he was at Alabama. He led the Bengals in. He won a few games for us in the regular season, like the one that I saw in San Francisco. And he, you know, he did everything that he needed to do in treacherous conditions with a bit of a banged up team, you know, against the Steelers. And you know, we're not going to go down the Jeremy Hill route again. But he put the Bengals in a position to win. He'd done his part. You know, you certainly couldn't knock him on that. He throws the ball, like I said, the rain's pouring down to AJ Green. You know, everyone's euphoric. There's tears flowing. He did what he needed to do. Like, he held up his end of the deal. So, he, he's got that sort of ability, I think, to win some football games. But, if I'm not mistaken, his last couple of stints in the NFL, I think he was at the Texans for a while, weren't necessarily that fruitful. So, I think it's 
Jake it's Jake Brown in season if we need a backup quarterback, which I hope we don't. Oh god, flashbacks to that game, the game that shall not be mentioned. Um do you remember we all rang each other about six in the morning and have a bit of a cry down the phone to each other after losing that? Oh game. shocking. Oh, do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's not let's not go down that uh, yeah. go down that route. Anyway, right. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, have a good week. Uh, short week, as we mentioned. Um, hope the guys can rest up. Hope you guys who stayed up to watch that game last night uh, have an early night tonight and uh, back to full steam for the rest of the week. And we'll see you next Monday. So until then, it's a who day from me and a who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.